10 o'clock, 10 o'clock. Thanks for joining us today on the Men's Leadership Network podcast. And uh, man, what a joy it is to be growing together as men and becoming all that God intends for us to be. And I'm with Steve Campbell today. Steve, thanks for joining us here today. My pleasure. And uh, Steve is an amazing man of God. And I just love this guy. We've been serving the Lord together for a long time. And uh, Steve is an awesome husband and father. And so today we're talking about marriage. We're talking about family and what that means in every guy watching, I mean, there's areas in our lives, in our marriage, and with our kids that we need to grow in and be the men that God designed and created us to be. And so, Steve, thanks again. And uh, tell us a little bit about your faith story, about how you came to know Christ and what God's been doing in your life. Um, well, my faith story is not the road to Damascus. Uh-huh. Um, it's more described as sort of that... Um, that long obedience in the same direction. Mm, and love that. Um, my parents and my grandparents were all people of great faith, and they all exhibited those character traits that you want to see. They were self-sacrificing. They were compassionate. They wow. were servants. And, you know, you, you can't have faith in your DNA, mm-hmm. but, you know, that's kind of the way it feels, you know, that's not how you come to belief. It's not because you're the child of, of Christian parents, obviously, but, but that was modeled. Mm. And, uh, and so when, when I think about, you know, when I became a believer, how I became a believer, instead of, uh, you know, hitting rock bottom like some people do and, and reaching out to God, it's almost like I just leaned in. Mm. It was all there. The foundation was laid, and and uh, and I I was ready. Amen. That's awesome, man. Praise God for people who've gone before yeah. us who lived it right and did it well. Yeah. You know, I'm yeah. thankful for that. Yeah. So you married uh, way above your head, but I did. <laughs> I did. That's, that's obvious. Yeah. So, but tell us, I mean, like most of us did, uh, tell us about Lori and when, how you guys met and kind of your story there. Um, Lori and I met 39 years ago wow. at Belmont College, now mm-hmm. University. Yeah. And uh, I, I get to tell my side of the story. <laughs> you can catch up with her later and you can hear her side of the yeah. story. Yeah. Um, we were in the same English class Mm -hmm. at Belmont and she sat on one side of the room. I sat on the other side of the room. My story is going to be that I noticed her a lot before she noticed me. Mm. Um, about that same time I was in a musical at Belmont. I was a music major, uh, called Annie, get your gun. Mm -hmm. And I was in a group that in different parts of the musical, we would show up as different characters. So we might be the singing cowboys or the porters on the train, you know, singing, this kind of thing. Well, one of the scenes, we came out in buckskin pants and moccasins, and that's it. <laughs> nothing, nothing up top, and danced as, as Native Americans. 
Well, it so happened that even though Lori didn't live on campus, she had come to that performance. And uh, the next Monday morning in chapel, she tracks me down to introduce herself to me. So my story is it's the buckskins, shirtless <laughs> Steve. That, that, that won her over, that huh? Over. That's, that's my story. I'm sticking to it. Yeah. You can talk to her. That's, the rest. that's awesome. <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, I want to hear her version yeah. of that. <laughs> that's probably quite a bit for yeah. <laughs> So you guys, you meet, and how long did you date? Or did it like happen real quick? Or? We dated for a year. We were engaged for a year got married this summer we will have been married 37 years praise god yeah. 37 years so you've learned a lot in that time of 37 years it doesn't seem like it no. <laughs> <laughs> oh well tell me about okay so you're coming from a strong faith background strong faith family and now you're getting married and how has god influenced your marriage over those years well, one thing I would say is kind of kind of back to the the dating and, yeah. and engagement. Um, I think I was a typical guy. Mm-hmm. Um, found the girl, check. Going to get married, check. check. Where's the tux, check. Yeah. Um, Lori, I, I think, was a lot more introspective about it. I think she was was considering, you know, what kind of husband I would be, what kind of father I would be. Um, you know, wow. should she date this guy instead of me, you know, and again, I've checked the boxes, I'm, I'm done, you know. Um, but she was praying over this. Wow. And, and one thing that, and we'll can talk more about this in a few minutes, but <clears throat> as part of that process, I think for her, as, as we've talked about it through the years, she even felt a sense of calling to perhaps parent a special needs child mm. during that process of, of being so introspective and, and seeking God about relationships, that that might be something that God would call her and her husband to do. And again, I've just checked the boxes off. I'm, right. you know, I'm, I'm done. Um, so, you know, I, th- I think from the very beginning, God permeated our our marriage you know we we both came from that direction we were both christians you know before we met Mm -hmm. and uh and so i think that that again we didn't fall off a cliff you know we didn't hit bottom or anything we were just believers Mm -hmm. and uh and so god permeates what you do it doesn't mean that we did everything right it doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that we didn't make mistakes it doesn't mean that we don't continue to make mistakes Mm -hmm. But God's involved in in what we do. Mm. Well, talk about that because you alluded to it, the special needs child. But uh, I mean, you're an amazing dad, and you you know with five kids. But you you have two older boys, then you have Allie with special needs, and then you adopted two others. You know, me and Quinn. So um, you've kind of got the whole spectrum, and I think. Every guy who's watching today, uh, wherever we are with our kids or our family, I mean, you, you kind of run it all. You know, you got Austin yeah. and Christian, you got you know boys, you got girls, you got special needs, you've got adoption. Talk yeah. about that in your family, that family dynamic, because I'm sure that's been a, a a challenge in your marriage, but also as a parent, as a dad. It is. It's it's a process, mm-hmm. um, and. Clearly, we didn't 
this, it didn't all drop in our laps at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, we, uh, when we decided to start having a family, we discovered that while we didn't have a lot of trouble getting pregnant, we couldn't stay pregnant. Mm. And we went through infertility um, clinics and trying to figure out what's, what's wrong, how, can, how can, we, can we move forward. But in the process, we discovered that we both had a desire to adopt. Mm. It wasn't anything that we had to um, fast and pray over. Yeah. It was just part of our desire. We had no problem with that, didn't, didn't give it a second thought mm. that adoption was a good thing for us to do. So while we were struggling with pregnancy, we decided, you know, maybe this is just God's timing for us to mm. adopt. And, and it would have been a, a good thing. I think a lot of people start down that adoption path, get pregnant, and then they never revisit it later. Mm. But we started down the path uh, the way that that process goes typically is you pay a little money, you pay a little more money. Mm. Every time you send them a piece of paper, you're sending them a big piece of paper with yeah. it, you know, with lots of zeros behind it. And we were going to adopt from South Korea because at that time that was the place. Mm. It was the, the simplest, easiest, cheapest place mm. you could adopt from. And, um, but we were on the verge of sending a, a big check to them that would push the adoption forward. And Lori called me at work and said, did you send that check? And I said, no. And she said, well, I need to come over. So she came to the office. She said, I'm pregnant. We wow. need to stop the adoption process because you can't be pregnant and be going through the process. And uh, we had been doing some different things with the, the fertility clinic, and, and so we decided, okay, let's, let's wait. Well, that's now 30 years ago, and, and uh, Christian yeah. was born, and, and uh, he's a, an incredible young yeah. man and, and faithful and steadfast, and, and, uh, and that was our first child. Mm. And the, the clinic said, you know, we've kind of figured some things out. If you want to have another child, we really suggest you, you push on through. So when we were ready, we got pregnant again. That was Austin. So we had two boys. And that's a handful. Yeah. yeah. That's a handful. Yeah. So we weren't thinking about having other kids. We weren't thinking about adoption. We were thinking about two boys, mm -hmm. raising two boys. And um, after a while, we... Uh, heard about a, uh, a program to, to bring an exchange student over and wound up bringing uh, a student over from Ecuador. She lived with us for a year, Sylvia, and Sylvia is still a big part of our lives. Mm. And um, uh, she stayed with us for a year, and when she left, Lori said, you know, I miss having a girl here. Yeah. And, and I said, well, you know, do you want to try again to, to have a baby and she said yeah and I said well you got to be okay with three boys mm, yeah <laughs> <You know? laughs> that's a big and, possibility uh, yeah. so so we said well we'll try and and sure enough we had our girl mm. um and that's Allie and Allie is now 23 mm -hmm. and uh um she uh uh after several months uh, as only a mom would know uh Allie wasn't meeting her milestones and so 
Lori became concerned. We had her checked out, and they said that her brain had not developed as brains mm. should. And they did all this testing to basically say, we don't know how she's going to turn out. Uh, you know, every day you're just going to unwrap the package a little more and, and see what you've got. But they had us go through a genetic workup, both for her to see if there was anything that, you know, could be done to help her, and also for each of us to make sure that if we chose to have another biological child, that, you know, we would know if there were any risks. Mm. And um, the geneticist we went to, we found out later, was a, a strong Christian man. Mm. And his method of, of giving you the results was to sit in a small part of his office very close to you. He wasn't behind a desk. He was as close as you and I are. And we were sitting in these little chairs. And he gave us the results. And he said, there's, there's nothing on the genetic makeup for any of you guys. And, uh, and then he reached over and he put a hand on, on one of our knees and, and he said, if the divorce rate for families with typically developing kids is 50%, the divorce rate for families with special needs individuals is over 80%. And he looked at us and he said, you have to make sure you're okay. And we're, we just fell apart, yeah. you know. But, you know, what that did for us is every year on our anniversary, it's a win. Yeah. <laughs> you know, every year we say, okay, we beat the odds. That's one more year. Mm. We did it. And, and, you know, it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, we, we have vivid memories of, of anniversaries where we were just so uh, tired, just exhausted. I, I remember just laying in bed and, and looking at each other and saying, is this our anniversary? <laughs> yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay, happy anniversary. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. You know? Um, you know, so it's not all, uh, you know, ribbons and bows and, yeah. and exciting stuff, but it's a win. Mm. And uh, and you know, you you make it through that stuff. And and I don't I don't mean to to speak down to anyone who's going through divorce. It's a horrible mm. thing, and and it's sometimes unavoidable, but we've just never allowed ourselves to, to go there. Yeah. Um, we have a memory of, of celebrating an anniversary in Seattle. Mm. We were at a restaurant, a really nice restaurant uh, at a marina, and we told the maitre d' that we were celebrating our, our 20th anniversary. And, uh, and he looked at us just incredulously and he said, how do you do that? And we were stunned. We didn't, we didn't even know what to say. And finally, we just said, you don't get divorced. Yeah. And, and that's not, I'm not, I don't say that flippantly, mm -hmm. but, but we've just never allowed yeah. ourselves to go there. Yeah. Um, and, and like I, I've told you, you know, I can't imagine a day not being able to be with any of my kids. Yeah. I, I just, I can't do that. So, um, but fast forward from there, uh, uh, Allie was doing well and uh, uh, was in school and things had settled down for us a little bit and uh, God brought adoption back mm. to us. And it was the f in the form of a, a young woman who was in the foster care system 
in Tennessee, and we spent some time getting to know her and learned a lot about parenting from her foster mother, and ultimately that process didn't didn't work out. Mm. Um, but in that process, we got a free home study. And again, as, as a mom would, uh, about a year later, Lori said, you know, we have a perfectly good home study that's about to expire. And uh, I think we need to commit to praying over adoption. You know, is this the time for mm. us? So I said, yeah, absolutely, let's do that. Within just a matter of days, we were inundated. It was, it was like when, when the internet first came to be <laughs> and you would click on a website and pop-ups would start coming mm -hmm. up. And, and it wasn't just adopt, it was adopt from China. Everywhere we looked, it was adopt from China. And we couldn't get away from yeah. it. Um, in Target, in the grocery store, newspaper, TV, everywhere we looked, billboards, adopt from China. And, and after a week, we were like, God. Okay, Lord. <laughs> we get it. We get it, God. It lasted for another week, for a second yeah. week. And, uh, and so we started that process mm. to adopt from China. And, uh, and so we did. And we adopted Mia, mm -hmm. who is now 16. Mm. She was 18 months old when, when we adopted her from China. And, uh, and things were chaotic for a pretty good while. And then things kind of settled down and, and Lori, again, as a mom mm -hmm. would, said, you know, I really wish she had a sister that she could relate to mm -hmm. because we all love Allie. Mm -hmm. Allie is, is just incredible, but, um, but Mia's not gonna have a heart to heart with Allie. Well, mm -hmm. she might, but Allie's not gonna have a heart to heart back with her. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so we thought, well, we should, we should pursue that. And, uh, and so we, were, we had started going through a process. My mother was ill, uh, wound up with breast cancer, mm -hmm. also had dementia. She passed away. Yep. Shortly after that, Lori's dad passed away. Mm -hmm. And our agency had been, for the longest time, sending us monthly reports. Here are the children that are available from China. They just quit sending them. We went through this whole season of, of time with our parents being ill, nothing mm. came in. Shortly after Lori's dad died and, and things had kind of settled down for us, we got an email uh, from the agency and we were like, oh, well, this is nice. And so we scrolled through it, we got down toward the bottom and there's mm. this incredible girl and our hearts just went out to her. And, and, uh, and I looked at Lori and I said, put a hold on her. Mm. And she said, well, we need to get the, the paperwork and find out. I said, no, 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 put a hold on her. If we find out something later, we, we can, can release it, but put a hold on her today. So we put a hold on her. Mm. And, uh, and that's our Quinn, who is now wow. 17. We adopted her when she was eight. And um, we talked to our agency later and said, what happened? Did China mm. change the rules? we didn't hear from you guys for so long. And they said, what are you talking about? And we said, well, we were getting these emails from you guys for so long. And, and then we didn't for months hear anything from you. And, and they said, we haven't changed anything. <laughs> and, 
and you know, so God chose her mm -hmm. for our family. Um, wow. He protected us during a time when we were vulnerable with our family. Mm -hmm. our, you know, my mother being ill and the, the amount of attention that that caused. And, um, and you know, and, and then when the time was right, he said, this is your girl. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in the book of Acts, uh, Paul talks about how God describes the places and times that people will live mm. so that they may find him. Mm. They will seek him and they will find him. And, and, you know, so now I can look back and I can see this family. And, uh, you know, we were talking earlier about mm. 1 Corinthians 12 yeah. and, and the, the parts of the body. <clears throat> and later in that chapter, he talks about um, the way that God puts the parts of the body together as he sees fit, mm -hmm. not the way that we see fit. And, you know, so we have this patchwork of family. Um, when when uh, Allie was young and we would take her out in her little pink wheelchair and she would be making noise or whatever, uh, we always felt like we were in a fishbowl. Mm. Um, because people were, were looking at us trying to figure out, you know, how do you deal with what you deal with? And then the next thing you know, our fishbowl's bigger and we've got these two mm -hmm. girls adopted from China and a special needs mm -hmm. child in our fishbowl. And, and people look at us and they wonder, how do you do what you do? And if they know that you're a Christian, how do you do that as a Christian? How are you gonna respond mm -hmm. to these things as a believer? And, um, you know, and it just becomes this incredible mission field. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, so you can look back, you know, when you're going through um, marriage and you're going through having children, adopting children, whatever, you're in the middle of it. You're mm. not thinking a lot about, mm. I should do this because, but when you look back, you see, oh yeah, this is what God had in mind. Yeah this was God's plan for our family. It wasn't an accident mm. that any of this happened. It was God's placing our family together exactly the way that he wanted to, mm. exactly when he Man. wanted to. I love that, Steve. I mean, yeah, you can look back and just see God's sovereignty and all of that, yeah. you know, and his grace and his mercy. Yeah. And, and talk about this for a minute because, you, you know, you, you said when the doctor put his hand on your guys and just said, hey, you know, 80% of uh, marriages with special needs children in a divorce take care of each other. Now, I know along the way there's had to be some conflicts. I know there's along the way there's had to be some uh, challenges or struggles. How have you and Lori, in the midst of that, because you guys have a great marriage. I mean, I, and, and I can say that as watching from the outside, but also knowing you. Um, it, and how have you done that um, through all these things? Again, when you're in the middle of it, yeah. you're not really thinking about that. Um, the, you know, we, we have had conflict. Everybody has conflict. Yeah. Um, I think that Part of it is is waiting. Mm. Uh, I think that we we want to try to fix what's wrong when it happens. Um, that's not always the wise thing to do. Not everything needs to be fixed immediately. <laughs> not everything needs to be fixed. Mm. 
Um, and guys are fixers, right? We want to get it fixed, it just, right? Yeah, I mean, that's a generality, but yeah. you know, sometimes the girls are the fixers. That, yeah. you know, they want things to be fixed. But uh, you know, how many times have you, um, a, as you listen to your spouse and, mm. and she says, you know, I wonder about this and we should do this and this needs to be replaced and da 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 da. And in your mind, you're thinking, okay, yeah. I have to do these things. Yeah, make it a Well, list. that's not what she's saying. Uh, she's mm. processing stuff. And that, again, that's a generality. Um, she's not saying get up and do these things. She's just processing what's going through her mind then. And, uh, you know, so I think that from, from that standpoint, you have to you have to go into it with the that there the thought that there are no cookie cutter relationships. Mm-hmm. You know, my family marriage dynamic is different than yours. Mm-hmm. Different people, and um, uh, you know, one of the things that that I thought about uh, when thinking about this interview is yeah. that um, you know we we look at the current bestseller on how to be a better husband mm. and you know, how to have a better relationship, this kind of thing, you know, and that's all well and good, but it's not for everybody. Mm. It's much better if you're, if you're in the process and you, you can realize, okay, what do I know about my spouse? How can I help when I need to help? Mm. But again, you don't always have to help. Um, you know, there have been times where I have wanted to, to scoop in and, and fix things or take over or whatever when that's the worst thing that you can do. Mm. Sometimes you just have to let it go and let it fizzle out, and then it's okay. Yeah. It's mm. okay. There are times to, to jump in. There are times not to. And the more times that you jump in when you shouldn't jump in, the more you learn yeah. that, that you're not supposed to do that every yeah. time. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's a great insight, you know, um, because you do, you should be learning your spouse over time mm-hmm. and you should be learning, are they processing or they ask me to do this? And right. uh, I think as, as guys, like you said, I mean, a lot of times we're taking notes versus just listening. Yeah. Like, okay, uh, they're processing. I need, to, mm-hmm. I need to hear what they're saying um, and, and, and for us to take the time to listen. Yeah, that, that's good. Now, have you, because you've fostered a great marriage over these 37 years, you know, it, how have you done that? I mean, like, what are the things, because as you mentioned earlier, you know, a lot of times, guys, we, we get married, and it's like, okay, <laughs> I'm done. I, got, I, I, I said I, I love you at the <laughs> altar. I mean, what else am I supposed to do, you know? <laughs> so we, we're kind of off to our career, and we're running because we got to right. provide for all these kids now. Um, right. but, but you have maintained a great marriage, not only maintained it, grown that marriage. How have you done that? Give us some insights into that. Uh, well, the, the thing that struck me about it was that having been married for, for a long time is that um, it's, not about the, it's not about the glitz. It's not mm. about the, the quick things like the, you know, the date. I mean, dating is great, yeah. don't get me wrong. Um, but our relationships are, are a lot more like a marathon than mm. a sprint. And if you've ever run a, a race of any distance, mm. you know that when you hit the downhill, you're going to get to the bottom of the hill one way or the other. <laughs> Gravity is going to take care of that, you know. But it's those long, 
spans yeah. of, of flat ground or, or slow rises that are, those are the killers. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's when the rubber hits the road. Mm -hmm. That's when the dishes are piled up. That's when the laundry is piled up. And, you know, things need to be done that, um, you know, you could, you could choose to check out or you can choose to engage and go, okay, you know, mm. I, I need to fold these clothes and put yeah. them away. Uh, one of the things that has struck me for years is that when I get into that mindset of, honey, I need you to, to be, I would never say this to her, I need <laughs> you to engage here, you know, yeah. I'm busy here, I'm trying to get this done. If I really analyze what I'm doing and what she's doing, I'm, I'm carrying less than half the load. Mm. When you really think about what's going on, you're not doing more than <laughs> she's doing. You're doing way less than she's doing. And, and, you know, so to take a step back and go, okay, yeah, just, I just need to shut my mouth. I mm -hmm. need to, to, to stop processing this. I just need to dig in and, and do what I need to do. Um, that's, that's when the marriage is strengthened. Mm -hmm. That's, when it's tested as mm. well. You know, it's easy to go out on a date. It's mm. easy to take a fun trip. Mm -hmm. And they're great and they're they're great for your marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, it rekindles the fire, but you can't live there. Right. You know, you have to live on on the flat places. That is a great insight. I, I really I love that analogy and I love the way you said you know, you you could choose to check out or you could choose to engage. Yeah. And uh, every day when we pull into that driveway or you know, apartment complex or whatever, and yeah. walk through the garage, and it's like, well, am I going to check out, yeah. you know, because I've had this busy day, or am I going to engage? Yeah, I'm done for the day. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the most important investment you're making is what you're walking into. It's not what you left, you yeah. know. It's where you're going into your family, you yeah. know. Oh, that's a great insight. Well, you know, and, and the other thing about it is that everybody's relationship is different. Yeah. You know, you and I are different from each other. Yeah. Our spouses are different from each other. And and the family dynamic, as you said, mm -hmm. you know, is definitely different. But, um, you know, so there's not a there's not one manual that's going to help you right. <laughs> go through and, and navigate this stuff. And, uh, you know, if there was a, a manual that said, you know, couple with two older sons, a special <laughs> needs child, and two Asian daughters, you know, I, I would have it. You yeah. know, I'd, I'd have it laminated. I'd be ready, you know. Yeah. But, but there's, no, there's no manual for that. Right. There's no manual for being married. Mm. But there is for being a spiritual leader of the home. And so talk about that because I, what, I've, what I've watched in you and in your marriage and in your family is you have done that really well. You've been the spiritual leader. You've helped raise your kids who are all walking with the Lord, who love Jesus, and who are all involved in church. You know, but but again, I know that hasn't been easy. I know there's been challenges through that. How and what have you learned about being the spiritual leader of the home? Because that's what we're called to as men. Um, I think the first thing I would say is something I've said multiple times is. It's, there's no cookie cutter yeah. of this, you know, there's mm. no, if I were to say, where am I the weakest? This is what I would say. I'm, I'm the weakest at this. Mm. Um, 
but uh, I, I try to be a servant. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I try to, to lead by example. I try um, to learn my kids and learn my spouse. Um, but the, the truth of it is when it comes to being the, the Bible scholar and when mm. it comes to being the teacher, the person with the, the thirst mm. for knowledge about God, it's Lori. Mm. And, you know, you have to sit back. This is a, this is a different day and time. Uh, you have to sit back and, and not beat yourself up because I don't have the time to do what she has the time to do. Uh, I wish I did, mm-hmm. but I don't. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and so you, you make it what it is. You make it what makes sense mm-hmm. for your family. And, um, you know, I hope at the end of the day that, that you know, I'll be imparting uh, wisdom to my kids and, and that they'll, uh, you know, especially the boys will look back and go, okay, this is how I do what I need to do, um, but again, there's there's no one set way to mm-hmm. do it. You make it the way that it works for your family, mm-hmm. and uh, you know you have to be willing to be humble. And you know, in in my situation, if Lori says, "Hey, why don't we do this spiritually? Let's read this together. Let's mm-hmm. do this," then I have to be humble and say, "Yeah." Yeah, I'll I'll lead in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in our household, it's a joint yeah. venture. Good. You know, I I I need to be able to hear her because she's the way God made her. Yeah, I can't discount that yeah. by any means, and I wouldn't for for anything yeah. uh, trade the way that she is. Yeah. She's incredible. And you have done a, a great job of valuing her. You know, and I think when it says in Proverbs 31, a wife of noble character, who could find? She is worth far more than rubies. Her husband has full confidence in her and lacks nothing of value. And uh, I think sometimes, um, you know, because we go, well, my wife is studying the Word of God. And I, don't, I don't have to, you know, and I'm going to kind of let her do her thing and I'll do my thing. And uh, instead of drifting apart, it's, it's really brought you together. And you value Lori really oh, yeah. well. And, and, I, and I appreciate that. I mean, I, that's what a guy should do. I mean, we right. should all value our wives and be thankful um, that God gave us a, a godly spouse, right. you know, instead of being intimidated by it and saying, uh, you know, it should embrace that. Give us two, two takeaways, two things that you um, would say about just this kind of whole thing with marriage and with family. Give us two takeaways for us who are watching about in our marriage and, and as dads. Um, one takeaway would be boundaries. Mm. Um, and, you know, we, we talk a lot about boundaries with our, our jobs that we don't want um, to, to let our, our work life bleed into our home life. We want to protect our home life. And, um, you know, whatever that looks like, Mm -hmm. uh, as I look back, and I've told my sons this, you know, as I look back to the early years of our marriage, all those things that, uh, those times that I worked late and worked on Saturdays or Sundays or whatever, Mm -hmm. and I look back on those and I I think, that was dumb. (laughs) I didn't need to do that. 
you know, why, why did I do that? I feel like I was, was more important if I did that mm-hmm. or was I running from responsibility? Why, why was I doing that? Um, you know, you need to set boundaries mm-hmm. uh, for, for your home life. But you also need to set boundaries around your relationship with your wife. And uh, mm. um, we, uh, uh, about a year ago, we, we <laughs> were part of a disastrous newlywed game um, where, you know, it was just a, a, a supposed, supposedly a fun time. <laughs> and uh, um, one of the questions that Lori and I had to answer in this newlywed game was, who would Steve say is the most beautiful actress on, in Hollywood? And I just sat there stunned and I said, I, I can't even answer that question. Mm. I don't let myself go there. It's not that I don't think that there are beautiful women mm. other places, but I just don't want to go there. And, uh, and the funny thing was that when Lori came up to say what she thought I would say, it was based on that. Wow. She said, he won't, he won't have an answer to that. And, you know, I, I just can't. I'm, I'm not going to go there. Mm. Um, so in, in weddings, you've heard the, the, the pastor say, and you may have said this, mm. uh, preferring her above all others. Mm. Um, you know, we've been married 37 years almost, and, and uh, we've changed a lot through the years. Um, uh, you know, you adapt and you grow and you realize how much more uh, of a person to have a relationship with and love that they are now than they were 37 Hmm. years ago. Mm -hmm. There's so much more than Mm. that person that I said, yep, I got her. (laughs) Checked it off, got my girl. Mm. Um, There's so much more to it. Mm. And uh, and so I, I choose to set a boundary about that and say, I prefer her above all others. Mm. Uh, if I expect her to walk into a room, I want to be the first person to turn my head and mm-hmm. see that she's there. And, um, and, and that's, that's the way that I've chosen mm. to live. Um, the other thing that I would say that's great. is, and, and this is, is maybe a little more unique to our family because we are so diverse, is learning to love each member of your family. Mm. I, I can't love my 30-year-old son and show that same love to my 16-year-old daughter mm. because they're so dramatically different. Mm. The DNA is even different, mm. you know? And, and so spending the time to learn each one of your kids, to learn your spouse and, and know what makes them tick. Mm. You know, um, I have one child who the, the best thing I could do for this particular child, I'm not going to say which one it is, <laughs> is to show up early one morning with a donut. <laughs> you know, that's, sugar is her love language. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, you know, but just knowing those things that, that are really going to make them feel special and mm. wanted and valued, mm. uh, I would say, for, for me. That's awesome. So, Steve, what do you want your legacy to be? Two things. Okay. Um, just under 30 years ago, I went on my very first 
international mission trip. Mm. And, uh, and I remember journaling on that trip to my two very young sons um, that if I could pass anything on to them, it would be this. Wow. I want them to have a love for missions. I want them to have a love for people who are different than they are. Mm. Uh, and, I, and I want them to carry that on. And so I want, I want that to be known, that mm. that's important, mm. that missions is, uh, I, I, I love when I open my Facebook feed and I see <laughs> Spanish and I see Portuguese and I see Romanian, yeah. um, you know, and, and have to click translate on all these posts so that I'll, I'll know what they're saying. Um, I love that. I love that too. And, uh, and so I want to pass on a love for missions. Mm. I want that to be part of my legacy. And the other is, is a legacy of faith. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be that link that dropped it. Mm. You know, I, I want to carry on that DNA faith chain yeah. so that, that uh, my kids will look back and go, yeah, mm. he had it. I, I want to carry that on to the yeah. next level. That's awesome. Well, thank you for sharing today. And, thank you and for man, this has been challenging for all of us. I know I've been even for me and um, I just really appreciate your heart. And um, so uh, let me pray for us right now. Father God, thank you for today. Thank you for Steve. Thank you for every man who's watching. I pray, Father, a blessing on marriages today. I pray a blessing on dads. Um, God, I pray that we could love our wives, and, and, and God, as Stephen mentioned, just loving each one of our kids um, for who they are and, and for learning them and, and really investing in our family. Um, Lord Jesus, somebody else can do our job at work, um, but nobody else can be dad to our kids. And uh, so I pray, Father, that you would give us a burden and a passion, um, Father, to truly pass on uh, Christ to our family. And I thank you for Steve and for his parents and grandparents and the DNA that was passed to him. And I pray that for all of us, uh, we would be men after your heart and godly husbands and fathers. And that one day our children would rise up and say, I had a godly godly dad and they had a great marriage. And uh, I pray that for all of us. So Lord, thanks for today. And thank you for the way you're moving among us as men. And it's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. 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 Hey, guys, thanks for tuning in today. Um, be sure and join us next month on uh, mensleadershipnetwork.com uh, and as we continue to grow in who God has called us to be. Love being on this journey with you. Have a great day. God bless.